And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Lucille Ball and Richard Denning star in a comedy episode of My Favorite Husband from 1949. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the show while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? Right, Carl. I have a great variety of television shows that all were on TV in the 1990s. So 1990s. What were you doing in Was the I 1990s? Was I born yet? Was I even born yet? I don't know. Were you? Um, I think I was still in my diapers and in a crib at that point. I think you wish that you were. Yeah. Unfortunately, not the case. Hey, happy f- April Fool's Day. Yeah. Did oh, you, um, interesting. Did you fool anyone today? I didn't. I, you know, I used to do that with my parents, but they're getting old, and I don't think I want yeah. to do it anymore. But right. it used can, to be a thing, and sure. not so much anymore. Well, I'll, I'll try to play one on you tonight. I'll All right, go to... for it. All right. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to go here. All right, here is the first TV show premiered in 1988. Oh, come on, Mr. Secretary. You're not backing out on me, are you? Look, we can pre-tape in the morning, and I'll have you on a plane to Helsinki in the afternoon. Come on, I'll do my Ted Koppel impression. Uh, excuse me, a very urgent call just came in. I'm going to have to get back to you. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. I think I know it. Pretty sure that's Murphy Brown. It is. And don't you just recognize Candace Bergen's voice? Yeah. It is very distinct. And her it's lips deep. weren't even moving. That's right. <laughs> so this is, of course, Candace Bergen as Murphy Brown. Did yeah. you used to watch this People show? People that know that her dad was Edgar Bergen get That's that show. Right. You know, That's hang on. Right. And her lips weren't even moving. Oh, there you go. Much now better. it's a joke. There we go. So it, uh, the series originally ran until 1998. Yeah. In 2018, CBS ordered a revival of Murphy Brown. Did you know right. that? No. It premiered in 2018. Yeah. It was canceled after one season. Really? Sometimes so it so, just doesn't eh. work the next time around. True. And, you know, it's a few years <laughs> from the first time she did it. Yeah. So age takes over. All right. Okay. I'm one for one. One for one. Here's the next one. Almost. You're just finishing up my bon mi. That's what tech people call sandwiches. There you go, sir. <laughs> you forgot to charge me. Oh, no, sir. It's free. All the food here is free. Free food? At work? Are you serious? I sure am. That's the Simpsons. <laughs> Can you sing it for me? Right? Yeah. Simpsons. Can no. you sing it? No, I didn't think so. Uh, so, right, this is really something. You got the family? Do you know all their names? Um, there's Marge. Mm-hmm. And then there's... Uh, Who did we just hear? Well, that was Homer. Homer, Homer right. Simpson and Marge. Right. I don't You're really... Bart. Oh, yeah, Bart. Lisa. Yeah. And Maggie. Okay. Right? You yeah. know. So Maggie's always got the pacifier. Exactly. Yeah. I was sucking her thumb. <laughs> um, and it was in the fictional town of um 
Simpsonville? Springfield. So oh, close. Okay. So yeah. close. Since his debut in 1989, 745 episodes have been wow. broadcast. Longest running American animated series. It takes the record for so many things. So um, Whoever invented that probably has... Two or three jets, a couple of islands. At least. You know? (laughs) At least. They should share the wealth. That's what I think. (laughs) All right. Here's the next show. There's a magnet in the thing. I just don't know why this is all so hard. What? This, everything, marriage, it's supposed to be different than this. Says who? Everyone. Well, they're wrong. It's just like this. It's it's exactly, it's exactly like this. According to who? Everybody. I asked around. It's like, um... Made or something like that, like something made. You're it's, close. Gosh, you're really close. Helen Hunt. Yes, and um, the other and guy, Paul Reiser. Yeah, Paul Reiser. Uh, did you used yeah. to watch that show? No. I uh, see. I watched it. Made. They're a married couple in New York City. Yeah, you're really close. Made in America. Yeah, so close. <laughs> made in love. Mad in love. Mad. Mad. Mad love. Love. You're mad. very close. Ma- Mary, I'll Mary, let you think it was on mad, NBC from 1990. Mad about you. Yes. Mad about you. Mad about you. I got it. That's exactly it. I worked it out. You I did. The crevices. I don't in know my what your brain does, but you did. About it was really you. a great show. Wow. Um, it won Never a lot of awards, it, a Golden Globe ever. Awards, prime, a 12 Primetime Emmy Awards. So wow, somebody else liked it besides me. Mad right. about you. Mad about you. Wow. Yeah, good one. Man, that Provagen works, man. Mm-hmm. Tell you. Yeah, well, keep it working. You've got a long way to go here. Next one. Did you find what you were looking for? Yes, Tina, I did. Actually, I expected to find something missing. And here it is. The spot where the mesh was torn away and caught in the service pin. One of the Larkin people. What? So you figured it all out. Listen to her oh, voice. there are still a lot of gaps, Tina. For one... I can only guess that Wilson and Hallowell's murders both had something to do with the condition of the Larkin pension plan. Oh, is that... Um, so, uh, there's a great yeah. big clue right Murder, there. she wrote. Yes. Murder, she wrote. That is it. And oh, you know, oh, oh, I never oh, watched oh, that oh, show. But Me the, neither. Me neither. But ever. the reason you know it is Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. And there was murder in there. It was a murder I'm mystery. I'm surprised that I got that because yeah. I had no clue when I was listening to that. And um, but, but again, I chose people that have very distinct voices, and Angela Lansbury is one of them. This was uh, I think ran it's for the twelve Provigen, seasons. Actually, I think it's the Provigen. All right, well, you can because I would have never gotten that if I wouldn't have had my Provigen. This was today. on from eighty four to ninety six, so oh. a lot of people watched this show. Unfortunately, we did not. But no. she is something else. Yeah. Here's the last one. Wow, am I going to get What exactly are you talking about? People are saying that you and Dennis went all the way in the balcony at the multiplex. (laughs) What? You've got to be joking. Oh, like I have a sick sense of humor. Wait, six, um, who told you this? I heard it directly from Susan Smith on her way home from the orthodontist. She got her braces off. It's the first time I understood a word she said in like two years. (laughs) I have no... Clue you have that. mentioned this show before, so I know you're familiar I with it. I don't know. All right, it was that. on for five seasons on NBC from 1990. Sounds like, is it to two girls? That was two girls, but it's, two broke girls. No, it was named after one of the girls. Uh, um, I Blossom. don't. Oh, I. You would, you would never know Blossom. No. Do you remember that with no, Maya Bialik? No. I, I think she's great. I think she's an awesome actress, and she's right. terrific on Jeopardy. Yes. When she was hosting Jeopardy, yes, she did a, a great job. very different kind of a host. She's so <laughs> smart, and she really is like um Kind of an awkward funny. <laughs> yeah, she's like a science, neuroscientist or she's, something she's like that. She's crazy smart, but, but this I was her uh, 
I didn't I, know She it. was probably 9 or 10 years old in this. So I didn't get that. Yeah, but you were really close. Wow, I got all the other ones. a great ones. job. Not bad. Go movie job, or TV Jeopardy. All right, good job, Lisa Wolf. <laughs> all right, when we come back, it's uh, an April Fool's Day episode of My Favorite Husband. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Special announcement before we get into My Favorite Husband. I got to tell you, folks, we have a podcast called Radio Rarities. And we're on like episode 26 or 27. And they're available everywhere podcasts are heard. And it's really easy to hear it. We're so proud of it. Lisa and I co-host it. Carl Shadow writes it. Mike produces it. It's called Radio Rarities. Now, we send it to all the podcast subscribers of Hollywood 360 and all of the Classic Radio Club members. You get it sent to you, but everyone else, it's free. You can hear it anywhere podcasts are disseminated. All you have to do, and Lisa did this just a little while ago, you searched it, right? And it popped right up. Right. I just went to Google search, typed in Radio Rarities, and they're um, you can go to Apple, you can go to Realm, you can I go heart. to iHeart, uh, anywhere yeah. podcasts are heard. Yeah, and here's the thing. We take a very, like, unique classic radio show, you know, and we break it all down and we tell you all about it, give you so much information, and then play the show. And um, we urge you to just check it out. And after we play the show, we re- revisit and talk about it again and sort of close things up and tie some loose ends about the show. So it's a real educational experience. And we and we release a new one every week. It's about a 40-minute podcast. We play a 30-minute classic radio show in that 40 minutes. And I think you will love it. Make sure that you just uh, search it on any computer, your smartphone, Radio Rarities. You'll see a... Uh, a logo, too, that has both my picture and Lisa's picture on there. So if you don't know what we look like, that's one way. Right. Yeah? <laughs> it's a little <laughs> editing anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. An April 1st uh, episode of My Favorite Husband. This was Lucille Ball's only regular radio series. She starred with Richard Denning as uh, Liz and George Cooper, two uh, people who lived together and liked it. It was sponsored by Jello. Here's an April Fool's 1949 episode of My Favorite Husband. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Jello, everybody. Yes, it's the new Gay Family series, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jello family of desserts. J E L L. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family. That's Jell-O. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O puddings. Yum, yum, yum. Jell-O tapioca puddings. Yes, sirree. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper, two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, George hasn't returned home from work, and Liz is in the kitchen talking to Katie, the maid. Do you know what day this is, Katie? Yes, Mrs. Cooper, it's Friday. Yes, but it's also April Fool's Day, and I just thought I'd warn you that I put an exploding cigarette in that package in the living room. 
Well, why warn me? Do you think I snitch cigarettes out of your living room? Oh, why, no, Katie, but I noticed that you're smoking, and I just didn't want I to... might not make much here, Mrs. Cooper, but I can still buy my own cigarettes. <laughs> I don't stoop to petty things like stealing them. I'm sorry, Katie. It's just that you have a cigarette in your mouth, and I wanted to be sure you didn't get the exploding one. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Well, never mind the laughing, Mrs. Cooper. Help me find my upper plate. <laughs> oh, there's one joke gone bluey. Well, this trick won't miss. Well, what are you doing, Mrs. Cooper? Kissing the handkerchief? Yeah, I want to smear it all up good with lipstick and slip it in George's pocket. I don't get it. Don't you see? I'll make some excuse and get him to take out his handkerchief, and then I'll just step back and let him try to explain the lipstick on it. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Cooper, that's an awful thing to do to anybody. Yeah, it's a dirty, sneaky thing to do, and I'm glad I thought of it. <laughs> but how are you going to plant it on him? You're going to help me. Now, when he comes in, I'll stop him in the hall, and you reach out through the kitchen door and put the handkerchief in his overcoat pocket. Oh, I feel like one of those, uh, what do they call pickpockets? A regular drip. <laughs> that's dip. Now, get ready, Katie. He'll be home any minute. Here's the handkerchief. Uh, here you are, Mr. Anderson. A chocolate malt. Oh, hi, Mr. Cooper. Hello, Felix. How's the drugstore business tonight? Oh, business is fine, Mr. Cooper. Everybody's sick. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, uh, I want to play an April Fool joke on my wife, and I was wondering if you sell any of those uh, novelty gags. <laughs> like a glass of dribbles or, or itching potter or candy with soap in it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't have any. <laughs> That's too bad. Hey, why don't you try Miller's? They got some swell-loaded cigars. Well, that'd be fine, Felix, but Liz gave up cigars for Lent. <laughs> oh. Well, you might try the trick I played on my fiancée, Imogene. We're engaged. Uh, I gathered that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I told her I'd lost my job and didn't have any money. <laughs> Just as a joke. Did she fall for it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> she gave me my ring back. <laughs> You know, that's a good idea, Felix. I'll tell Liz I lost my job at the bank. <laughs> yeah. Do you think she'll give you your ring back? No, no, that's too much to hope for. <laughs> but it'll be a lot of fun. Well, here comes George now, Katie. Don't forget the handkerchief. Is that you, George? Yes, dear. It's me. I'm home. Why, George, what's the matter? You look sick. Are you ill? No, Liz, I... You got hit by a car. No, honey, I... You were robbed. No, darling, You've I... been poisoned? No, I... Well, don't just stand there like a lump of putty. Tell me what happened. Liz, I lost my job. Oh, is that all? Is that all? Oh, George, what's a job as long as it isn't your health? If you'd broken your leg or something, it would be... You lost your job! <laughs> Why couldn't you just have broken your leg? How did it happen? They fired me, Liz. I've foreclosed my last widow. They're already scraping my name off the door. I can't believe it. Yes, when I left, it was already down to George Coop. But 
George, you've been with the bank ten years. I know. Everybody felt terrible about it. There wasn't a dry eye in the place. Well, I should hope not. It even caused a run on the bank. It did? Yes. They were all crying so hard people thought the bank had failed. <laughs> but why, George? Why did they fire you? Well, the bank examiner discovered I'd done something wrong. <gasps> George, you don't mean that you... Yes, Liz, I put new points in the bank pens. <laughs> what? <laughs> April Fool! <laughs> you mean uh, you didn't lose your job? Oh, of course not. Boy, did you fall for that. <laughs> George Cooper, that was a dirty trick. It, well, you're not mad, are you, Liz? I sort of half expected you to play an April Fool's trick on me. Me? I wouldn't stoop to such a low trick. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper, can I see you a minute? I'll be right there, Katie. George, uh, give me your handkerchief a minute, will you? Uh, well, wait till I take my overcoat off. No, don't take your coat off yet. Well, why not? It's warm in here. Oh, well, then why don't you take out your handkerchief and mop your brow? Liz, do you feel well? I feel fine. Matter of fact, I, I feel like playing a game. What game? Drop the handkerchief. <laughs> I think you've blown your top, Liz. George, kiss me. Yeah, do you mind if I take my coat off first? No, kiss me right now. <laughs> Liz, if you're driving at something, I want to... Mm. <laughs> now I've got to take my coat off. Oh, look, I got lipstick on you. Give me your handkerchief, darling. No, oh, never mind. I'll take it off for the cleaning. Oh, give me your handkerchief. There's one sticking out of your coat pocket. Well, that's funny. I never carry a handkerchief there. Let's have it. I don't know how this got in my... Uh-oh, oh, that's not a handkerchief. Let me see it. It's uh, not a handkerchief. What is it? Uh, my shirt tail. I, I have a hole in my pocket. <laughs> Shirt tail, how can you hold it behind your back like that? It isn't easy. <laughs> Let me see that, George. Why, it is a handkerchief. And it's got lipstick on it. Uh, no, it hasn't, Liz. Honest, it, it, that's not lipstick. Then what is it? Well, it, the, the truth is I had a nosebleed today. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, that's it. I had a nosebleed. Your blood type seems to be Tangy. <laughs> I might as well tell you the truth. Don't strain yourself. Mrs. Cooper, come here a minute, will you? Just a minute, Katie. Well, George, have you thought of a good truth yet? Yes. I mean, uh, this is the way it happened. Uh, you know Miss Johnson, that homely old maid secretary down at the bank? Yes. Mm. Well, I accidentally bumped into her and some of her lipstick got on my cheek. She doesn't even come up to your shoulder. What was she doing, walking on stilts? <laughs> Well, no. You don't really expect me to believe that, do you? All right. I'll tell you the truth. I haven't the slightest idea where that lipstick came from. You think what you want to. I don't care to discuss it anymore. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> April Fool! <laughs> what are you talking about? That's my lipstick. I put some of it on your handkerchief and I planted it on you. Well, you didn't fool me. I knew it all the time. Oh, George. Oh, George, you were so funny. Now we're even. Oh, husbands are so silly. They have such guilty consciences. Don't you know I'd trust you, George, no matter how bad things looked? Oh, thank you, darling. Uh, Mrs. Cooper. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Come in, Katie. I'll be right back, darling. 
What do you want, Katie? It's about your April Fool joke, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, it worked beautifully. You should have seen George's face. You mean you've already done it? Yes, why? Well, how could you? I didn't put the hand... Katie! <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? Well, he didn't stand close enough to the door. I couldn't slip the handkerchief in his pocket. Oh, no, Katie. I've still got it. Here it is. What are you doing, honey? Come on into the living room and talk to me, baby. Don't baby me, you monster. All right, George. How did the lipstick get on that other handkerchief? I don't know. I thought you said you trusted me, Liz. I did, and look what happened. <laughs> I thought it was a scream when I had one handkerchief with lipstick on it. Two of them ought to give you a real laugh. You should be ashamed of yourself, George Cooper. Look, Liz, I've been framed. Ha! <laughs> Liz, outside of this house, I don't know what a kiss is. Scientists don't know what electricity is either, but they know how to use it. Stop it. I thought you were the one who wasn't jealous. I'm not. I merely have a healthy curiosity. Well, for the last time, I don't know where that lipstick came from. Ha! <laughs> Look, I'm getting fed up. Do you believe me or not? All right, George. All right. I believe you. And that's the last time we'll hear of it? Yes, George. Good. Now, let's go to bed. All right. George? What? Who was she? Ah, oh, he's in a pickle there, Lisa. Handkerchiefs with lipstick on it is never a good thing. Oh, well, she's so funny. We're just enjoying this great. so much. What if Dan came home from work and he had the handkerchief with some lipstick on I'd it? I'd say good for you. <laughs> if you had a good day good at job. work. <laughs> Have some extra fun to Enjoyed today. your day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, we're listening to my favorite husband, Lucille Ball. There was nobody like her. They broke the mold after they made Lucille Ball, Lisa. All right, more of Hollywood 360. We'll have the conclusion of uh, my favorite husband in just a moment. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Lisa, one of my heroes is a man named William F. Buckley Jr. You might remember him as the host of Firing Line on PBS. He hosted it for more than three decades. Anyway, Buckley got his start as founder of the magazine National Review back in 1955. Even back then... We had problems with sensationalistic, sloppy journalism, and he thought Americans 
deserved a serious conservative voice in the public square. National Review was the answer to that problem, and they are continuing that legacy today. We are proud to be partnering with National Review here at Hollywood 360. More than 65 years later, they are still committed to producing serious journalism from a conservative perspective. If you're looking for a serious news source grounded in America's founding principles, we have a special offer just for all how we just for Hollywood 360 listeners. Whether you like to read online or prefer a good magazine in your hands, you can start reading today by going to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for 60% off any subscription. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood, 60% off any subscription. Not bad, right? No, it's a deal. You know, our sponsors are so generous. They... uh like National Review, 60% off for you to try it. I mean, what better time to, to, to go and check it out? Mies Meals, that's another one of our sponsors. They give you 50% off the first time you try them. You know, these are, these are sponsors that know that you'll love their product. They want to give it to you at really a uh, super, super deal. Try it out. I mean, Mies Meals, we get these uh, incredible meals. Mike gets them. Lisa and I get them sent to our homes each and every week. It's incredible. We tell everyone we meet. Yeah. We were talking about it just the other day, how much we really enjoy our meals from Mies Meals because it's unlike anything that we would know how to prepare ourselves. Yeah, Mies Meals. You should check them out, folks. Every single week they have like seven or eight new dinner items that you can order. And we're talking about almost anywhere in the United States. They have it figured out. They know how to get it to you like in a day. And just go to their website, Mies, M. E-E-Z, that's M-E-E-Z meals.com. And when you go there, look at all of their great items and try it. If you order, make sure you use the promo code CARL at checkout, and then you'll save 50% off that first time you order. And it's important to note also that you choose your own meals. It's not just sent to you. You look at the menu, choose what you like, not what you don't like. It's also somewhat customizable, whether you're gluten-free or have a dairy allergy or, you know, whatever it is, um, you can, they will work with you and uh, make it right for you and your diet. Yeah, it comes to you all chopped, prepped, ready to go. There's a, there's a little... Um, kind of a card that tells you how to prepare it. it. takes about 20 minutes, and it's on your table. Your family is going to love it and love you for making a gourmet meal for them from Mies Meals. That's M-E-E-Z Meals.com. Make sure you use the promo code CARL at checkout and save a whopping 50% off your first order. All right, this is Hollywood 360. We're here every single week. We broadcast live across Hundreds of radio stations coast to coast were also heard all over the world on American Forces Radio. 168 countries carry the show. We're very, very honored to be on American Forces Radio and on every one of our radio stations. Now, um, just a reminder that not all of our stations carry the full five-hour show. That's a a bummer because we do uh, broadcast five hours each and every week. So if you want to sign up for our podcast Just go to Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. We send it to you every Monday, the full five-hour show, along with our Radio Rarities podcast. So go to Hollywood360radio.com or speak to a live operator that will sign you up at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. 
I were listening to My Favorite Husband, a good uh, April Fool's uh, Day episode from April 1st, 1949. Lucille Ball, along with Richard Denning, here's the conclusion. George. George, wake up. Hmm? What's the matter? Was it the blonde cashier at the bank? Oh, Liz, this is the third time you've waked me up. Now cut it out. Was it Anita Aaron, Elaine Abbott, Dora Alberg, the A1 Cleaning Company? No, couldn't be them. Where are you getting those names? Out of the phone book. I'm going to find out who it was if I have to go through the whole book. I'll go to sleep. All right, Cooper, start talking. What what are you doing, Liz? Don't shine that bright light in my face. This is the third degree. Now start talking. Who was it? Now stop it, Liz. You've been pestering me all night. Now will you please let me get some sleep? Well, all right, George. I won't ask you any more tonight. Thank you. Good night. Oh, no, that isn't the alarm, is it? Yes, and now that it's morning, George, who was it? Hey, George. George, wake up. I tell you, I don't know where the lipstick came from. What are you talking about, George? You went to sleep right at your desk. Huh? Oh, oh, hi, George. Uh, I didn't get any sleep last night. Liz found a handkerchief in my pocket with lipstick on it. Oh, George, you sly devil, you. <laughs> I have no idea where it came from. Hey, George, George, this is Joe, not Liz. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, it's a shame. Shame? Yeah. As long as you got arrested, it's too bad you didn't get to enjoy the crime. Very fun. Oh, don't worry, George. Uncle Joe's got a great idea. I'll call Liz and tell her I planted the handkerchief on you for an April Fool's joke. Now you're talking sense. And it's all settled. I'll call right after you get home tonight, and the minute she hangs up, she'll fall into your arms. Good. Oh, oh say, I almost forgot what I came in here for. Atterbury wants to see you in his office. Yeah, oh, all right. Uh, don't forget to call tonight. I won't. Did you uh, send for me, Mr. Atterbury? Yes, yes. Come in, George boy. Understand you had a little uh, trouble at home last night. Well, uh, yes, but how'd you hear about it? Uh, Well, (laughs) things get around. (laughs) Oh, you devil, you. Oh, not you, too. I have no idea who put that lipstick on my handkerchief. Of course not. Who was she, boy? Listen, I said I don't know. But if I find the moron who put that handkerchief in my pocket, I'll punch him right in the nose. Oh, I don't think you would. Not much I wouldn't. Well, here's my nose. Start punching. Are you the moron? I mean, did you do it? (laughs) April Fool! (laughs) Oh, it worked better than I thought. (laughs) Well, I should say it did. Liz is furious with it. Oh, no. She kept me up all night, quizzing. Yeah. 
Well, frankly, Mr. Atterbury, I don't think it was funny. If you want to see me on business, I'll be in my office. Oh, Goodbye. No, don't go away, mad boy. Well, that poor guy. I ought to do something to straighten it out for him. Mrs. Cooper, you can't stay out here in the kitchen all night. I'm very happy reading this book. I don't care to sit in the same room with you-know-who until he explains how that you-know-what got into his you-know-where. <laughs> you mean you're going to stay here until what's-his-name explains about what you might call it? <laughs> yes. And don't worry about me. I'm not the least bit upset. And I'm enjoying this book. Do you always hold the book upside down when you read it? What? Oh, well... I wish I did know where that hanky came from. I'll get it. Hello. Hello, Liz. This is Joe Ridgely. Oh, hello, Joe. Do you want to speak to George? Hey, well, gosh, I don't know if I dare. I, I hope I haven't caused him any trouble. What do you mean? Well, yesterday was April Fool's, and I put a handkerchief in his pocket with a lot of lipstick on it. You did? Yeah. And then I forgot to go ahead with the trick, and he went home before I remembered. You weren't mad, were you? Me? Mad? Oh, Joe. Well, oh. some women would have blown their tops. Joe, what kind of a wife do you think I am? <laughs> I did see it, and George said he didn't know where it came from, and that was the end of it. Yeah? Sure. Well, I, I just thought I'd call in case anything went wrong. Well, thanks for calling, Joe. George? Yes, Liz? That was Joe Ridgely on the phone. Oh, now do you believe I didn't know where that handkerchief came from? How did you know what he told me? <laughs> I was listening to your end of the conversation, and I put two and two together. Oh. Well, George, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right, Liz. I understand. I guess I was just a mean, jealous, nagging wife. Yes, you were. Well, you don't have to agree with me Oh, now, honey, now, don't start crying Do you forgive me? Well, I, I guess so Kiss me, George I promise never to be jealous again Scout's honor Honey, you just don't appreciate me I'm as trustworthy and loyal as an old dog <laughs> George What? Let me sit on your lap, dog <laughs> Oh, darn it, I'll get it Hello Hello, is that you, Liz, girl? Oh, hello, Mr. Atterbury, how are you? Fine, girl, fine But I have some explaining to do to you To me? Yeah, it's about a little April Fool joke I played on George Oh, you too. I just heard about another one that was played on him. What did you do? Uh, I slipped a handkerchief with lipstick on it in George's pocket. <laughs> Liz, are you there? I'm here, all right. Didn't you notice anything unusual when you put the handkerchief in George's pocket? Like what? Like finding you were shaking hands with Joe Ridgely? I, I don't know what you mean. I just wanted to be sure you understood, Liz. Oh, I understand perfectly. Oh, then everything's all right. Everything is just ginger peachy. Good. Well, goodbye, girl. Goodbye, boy. <laughs> well, 
What was it, Liz? You're back in the doghouse, Rover. What's the matter? Another entry has just come in in the George Cooper Alibi Derby. What? Joe Ridgely said he put the handkerchief in your pocket. Now Mr. Atterbury comes up with the same story. Which story do you want me to believe? Well, now, Liz... Which friend has the phony? <laughs> Liz, I can explain. Mr. Atterbury was telling the truth, and Joe was just doing me a favor. Ha! <laughs> being jealous again. You're darn right I am. Well, what about that scout's honor? Shake hands with an ex-brownie. <laughs> Liz, I've told you the truth. If you don't believe me, I'll treat you like the child that you are and put you over my knee. You wouldn't dare. Oh, wouldn't I? Come on, what over knee my down, knee. I won't let you. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, you're just crying because I hurt your pride. And that isn't all. <laughs> Gee, that hurt. I never got spanked that much when I was little. Well, when you were little, there wasn't that much to spank. smooch other women, then you beat me, and now you say I'm a big fat cow. I for a big fat cow. See, you admit it. <laughs> well, George, if that's the way you're going to act, there isn't room for both of us under this roof. I'm leaving. George, I said I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> now, don't you try and stop me. Who's stopping? I'm going to leave right now. Well, I'm leaving. Okay, okay. I really am leaving. <laughs> goodbye. For the last time, I'm leaving. I said goodbye. Goodbye. Next time, I'm going out the door. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, you heartless beast. Just for that, I'm leaving. Goodbye. Give me another one. And this time, make it a double. I'm going to drown my sorrows. But, Mrs. Cooper, that's your third lemon Coke. <laughs> I know, Felix. I don't care what happens to me. Felix, men are beasts. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are. <laughs> and George Cooper's the biggest beast of all. Well, I always thought he was a great guy. To you, yes. But to me, he's cruel and nasty. Gee whiz. And I've left him forever. Gee whiz. Do you know what he did, Felix? He beat me. Gee whiz. I had a feeling you'd say that. Liz, there you are. Gee whiz, I've been looking all over for you. Don't speak to her, you cad. What? Liz, I didn't think you were serious about leaving. Come on home. Felix, will you tell Mr. Cooper I'm not speaking to him? She's not speaking to you. Oh, look, Liz. Throw I... me, please. <laughs> well, tell her I apologize, and I'd like her to come home with me. He apologizes, and he'd like you to come home with him. I'm not going home to a wife beater. She's not going home to a wife beater. Go oh, for heaven's sake. Go oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> tell Mr. Cooper he's wasting his time. You're wasting your time. I am not. 
He is not. I refuse to continue this exchange of banalities, and I will consider it a favor if he will remove his person from this vicinity. I refuse to... <laughs> you care for a malt, Mr. Cooper? Now, Liz, cut out this nonsense. Now, Liz, cut out this nonsense. You keep out of this, Felix. You keep out of this, Felix. Oh. <laughs> Cooper that I... Why, George Cooper, how are you? Hello, Charlie. Say, I'm glad I ran into you. I've got your overcoat. What? Yeah, I picked it up by mistake at lunch yesterday. You must have mine. Here's yours. Oh, thanks. Let me see that. Oh, George, it is your coat. I hope you didn't look in the pockets of my coat. I had a heavy date the night before. <laughs> <laughs> George, if, if this is true, what about those other stories, Mr. Atterbury's and Ridgely's? Oh, they were just friends trying to help me out. Oh, George, I'm awfully sorry. Well, you should be. I'll bring your coat down to the bank tomorrow, Charlie. Uh, oh, all right, George. Oh, give me a Coke, son. George, will you, will you take me with you, please? Well, all right. Oh, thanks, George. You're so wonderful. Gee whiz. I'm sure glad they made up. They're swell people, aren't they? I don't know. I never saw them before. Yeah. <laughs> How come you had his coat? Search me. He stopped me on the street outside, handed me the coat, gave me ten bucks to come in and say that. <laughs> Yes, Lucille. Well, so long, Robert. I'm off on another session of making the most out of radio. What are you going to do? I'm going to see the world, find out what's going on. Let's see now. Alaska, the Bering Straits, the land of the midnight sun. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. That's it. Mr. Soundman, on to the Arctic Ocean. I said on to it, not into it. <laughs> what's the matter? Couldn't you get your bearings straight? <laughs> Uh, well, Alaska looks pretty good. Bum, 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 Well, here comes a great big white bear, and it's singing. Uh, pardon me, what kind of a bear are you? I'm a polar. <laughs> I had to pick up an Alaskan cornball. Uh, say, how come you can talk, bear boy? Well, if I couldn't, how could I say the Jell-O puddings are a trio of treats? Well, you know, you have a very important point there. What else is brewing along the same line? Brewing, get it? <laughs> well, Jell-O chocolate pudding is luscious with deep-down chocolatey goodness. Well, I'll bear you out on that. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, I won't say another word. Jell-O butterscotch pudding has that buttery brown sugar flavor. Jell-O vanilla pudding is rich and smooth as cream. Jell-O puddings are so easy to make, too. All you do is add milk, and they take only about five minutes to cook to a velvety rich perfection. Thank you. You have just heard a program from Alaska where the nights are six months long. Tune in again tomorrow night at half past November and hear our little comedy of Eskimo family life, The Icebergs. Good night, all. <laughs> You have been 
listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Laurie. Lucille Ball will soon be seen in the Columbia picture, Miss Grant Takes Richmond. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L-O The big red letters stand for the Jell-O family Oh, the big red letters stand for the Jell-O family That's Jell-O Yum, yum, yum Jell-O puddings Yum, yum, yum Jell-O tapioca puddings Yes, sir Bob Lamont speaking This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System That's an April Fool's Day episode uh, from 1949 of My Favorite Husband, Lucille Ball, Richard Denning, along with Gail Gordon, Gerald Moore, Jack Edwards, and Jerry Hausner in that show is heard on CBS, sponsored by J-E-L-L-O. Cello. <laughs> Time for this month in music history. We are continuing with the 1990s with this song. Yeah, this is um, kind of make me sing this. This is um, the the something, right? No. Who is it? What's the name of the song? I don't know. This is Losing My Religion. By the... By R.E.M. Oh, R.E.M. Right, this is from their 1991 album, Out of Time. It became yeah. their highest charting hit, reached That's number four. Good tune. It is a great tune. That's me in the spot. And it's not slow, so you can't complain about it. Like Losing my religion. All right, good tune, yep. Lisa. All right, more of Hollywood 360 after a short break. And I don't know if I can do it. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, it's the lineup good crime story from 1952. But we're going to need a caller to play Beat the Host with us and win a fabulous prize. That's right. All about Kelly Clarkson. If you'd like to call, be on the air. Give us a call. 312-642-5600. Caller number nine. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.